Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. I'm on TikTok now because it's one of the best ways to connect with my child. She loves it on there. And I thought that at first it was teenagers with rock hard abs and good lighting and nice skin and hair dancing. Here come the police. Can you hear that? Good. The police should show up when someone talks like that. Ah, they miss me. But now I see there's actually lots of comedy on TikTok. Lots of people are just talking about things randomly. And so today, for the first time, TikTok paid off. Or did it, actually, because I've unearthed some deeply disturbing news about Canada. A little boy on there, I think his name's Melvin Blackborn. I'll check back with you on that. I'll circle back. Everyone born his age has the letter M for their first name. And his father has about 160 children. He is from a Canadian polygamous family in British Columbia. And he is ready to tell his story. He says, I'm on TikTok. Follow me. I'm going to talk about what it's like to have 21 siblings my exact age, all whose names begin with the letter M. And then 12 more siblings the year after me and all these brothers and sisters. His father has dozens of wives. And I wanted to look this man up. First of all, I thought, what a freak. And it's not habitual for me to criticize someone's religion. And this is always a polygamist's uh, backpedal. You know, he just goes, well, I'm not breaking any laws, really. I'm just following my religion. No, sir. Not only are you breaking laws, but he admitted some of his wives are underage shock. He's 64 years old right now. He is a Mormon church leader, and he's known for being Canada's most avowed polygamist. Sick. Blackmore and another community leader were arrested in January 2009 and charged with polygamy, but then the charges were thrown out. And then it came back and forth, blah, blah, blah. Finally, he started a trial Nearly 10 years later, April 2017, Lord knows how many women and children were abused in that time. And then he was found guilty of polygamy. And he, along with his associate, were to face five years in prison. They only went to prison for a month, which, let's be honest, when you have 160 kids, that can only be described as a holiday. You have 27 wives and you have to be paying them all enough attention so that, I mean, because I've seen these polygamy shows and it is the wives who do have, 
jealousy and issues. I mean, some of them don't want to be there. Some of them very much want to be there and they're counting the nights that you spend in their bed. I don't, I don't know if you've seen a picture of this guy. I highly doubt it, but he was getting around a lot because this boy on TikTok, Melvin, he is a triplet with two other siblings who have different moms. So three of the babies were born on the same day and have the same birthday and they all have different moms. And this happened multiple times because there are 160 almost kids. So he goes to jail for a month, probably sees an Xbox for the first time, loses a bit of weight. And then he did six months of house arrest. Well, haven't we all, Blackmore, haven't we all been in house arrest for a fucking year? So the reality is there's an entire community of at least 160 kids plus wives, plus whomever else in this community. It basically will make up the whole community because we know those Mormon kids are getting married and having even more kids and they're not going to have the sensible one or two. So there's basically a Blackmore town. Actually, the, the town is called Bountiful, if you can believe that. And I don't mean to stigmatize the lives of the kids. You know, they've done nothing wrong. There is, this Melvin is speaking out and... Lo and behold, this comes out yesterday, and he is disowned by a lot of his brothers and sisters. Here is a little angel. Oh, I've been calling him Melvin. That's probably one of his brothers. His name is Merlin, and his TikTok, if you're interested, if you have TikTok, is Merlin's.life. So M-E-R-L-I-N-S dot life, and he's apparently going to be talking about this. Here he is. He's just such an angel. Hey, so I need to clear some things up. It is not my intention to post anything about my family that is exaggerating the truth. No part of me yesterday expected that when I posted those videos, they were going to get seen by millions of people, like in one day. And I guess with the mass amounts of people flooding my page, I became overwhelmed and I didn't realize how I was portraying my videos to be. I love my family. I absolutely love my family. Not one part of me wants to do anything to anyone in my family that is going to hurt them. I don't want to hurt my family. But I do know things have happened on the inside that need talked about, and I'm going to talk about them. I hope you guys understand, and I thank you all for the constant love and support. What an angel. God, I love Mormons. I interviewed some Mormons a while ago, and they weren't polygamist Mormons, but they were just kids who were married young and had three kids. I think they had two by the time I interviewed them. Angels. They're so pure and wholesome. So what is the disconnect there? I gotta, I gotta get in with some Mormons. If you are a channel and you would like me to travel around, ooh, yes, I can try to infiltrate a polygamous family. I can grow my hair really long or better yet, use Joanne. If anyone's seen my sister Joanne online, she absolutely looks Mormon. I can style that look or just buy her hair from her. And I would love to try to charm some Utah man and be like, please let me into the fold. My favorite hobbies include uh, having babies at home, blasting a kitchen into the side of a rock and smoothing things over with the rest of your wives. And P.S. I like to have sex once every two weeks. I won't be a problem for you. Please let me in. Oh, yeah. And I would want to enter, not in a mean way. I mean, unless this guy's taking on child brides, then we're gonna have a big problem and I'll kill him in the night. Otherwise, I just want to know. 
And by the way, this would not be the first time that I tried to infiltrate a polygamist family. I watched a lot of 2020, a lot of Dateline NBC, How to Catch a Predator when I was young. My favorite thing to do on a Friday night if I was so lucky. Maybe it was Saturday. What night was 2020 on? One day of the weekend, I would get a break from my sisters and my family and I would have a sleepover with my grandma and she let me eat Oreo cookies and creamsicles and we would play cards And I've told you about my grandma before, but we always watched Dateline and I loved it so much. I learned all about the world watching Dateline, different families, some stuff that was not appropriate for me, some stuff that was fine, but polygamy was one of them. And one day I was assigned some work at school and I cannot remember what the task was. The assignment never would have been infiltrate a polygamist family when you're 13 or 12. I must've been 12 because I lied and said I was 13. I don't know where I got this idea, but it definitely was for some work that I was (laughs) preparing in my own investigative time. But I used my mother's computer to send emails to different chat rooms of polygamists. And I was like, my name's Katie. I'm 13 and I'm a lifeguard and I would like to join a polygamous family. I sent all these messages out somehow. And of course, I didn't know really how to use computers at 12 because it was a different time, kids. And I was using my mother's outlook to send these messages. So when I received replies, and my mother could obviously see the sent messages, she flipped out. She's like, what are you doing? What are you trying to do? And I was actually so hurt, deeply wounded, that my mother would assume that I'd actually be trying to join a polygamous family and that her first thought wouldn't be, my child's trying to be Diane Sawyer. Because that's what I was doing, mom. Obviously, I did not end up infiltrating a polygamous family when I was 12, but I might have the opportunity now. But where is the disconnect? What happens from being like, I'm a wonderful person who likes to look after the planet and talk about God. Hello, my name is Nanana. And then all of a sudden you flip the script and you're like a old 60-year-old man who has an underage wife. But this Melvin, what an angel. He doesn't want to hurt his family. I want to know more. I want to know more, Melvin, and I'm excited to see what you have to say on TikTok. Let's get to the bottom of this thing together. God, his name is Merlin. All right, Melvin, pass the message on to your brother. I don't want to be angry this week. I have had enough of all of this lockdown. I hate that once again, the world has been divided into two camps It seems a little bit more than a coincidence that we're 50-50 on every single issue. And I don't blame people for questioning government advice. I question government advice. Why? Because they relentlessly lie to me all of my life. If flesh-eating zombies were tearing my face off and this government said, oh, by the way, watch out for the flesh-eating zombies that are out there, I'd be like, bullshit. Because if they're telling the truth, it would be for the very first time. And the way that they spend money on broken apps and on space military and cybersecurity and AI, I'm not handling this lockdown as well. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't like it. I'm trying to be positive. I don't like it, but I don't want to be angry because I did notice at the beginning of my stand-up career when I was all innocent and just, ha isn't that silly? I angered a lot fewer people then. I mean, fewer people knew who I was to begin with, but if you follow all the rules and you look the way that they want and you say the things that they want and you're not angry and you behave the way that they want, 
then loads of people will love you. But if you deviate from that, then you make some enemies. And so I'm just trying to cool it off a bit. And I still believe what I believe and I say what I think to a fault. But anger is not an emotion that we are readily allowed to experience. I have felt a bit miffed about things this week. There's something else. And I don't, I feel really gossipy mentioning it, but I'm very excited to see that comedian London Hughes has both a new Netflix series and a Netflix special coming out. Her special comes out December 22nd. It's called How to Catch a Dick, something I've never had a problem with. But if you have, I mean, maybe there are some pointers in there for you. In any case, you must watch it. I'm so proud and pleased for her. And people told me a long time ago that um, your peers will support you until they feel like you are too successful and then they'll stop. And I always thought, well, that's not true. I don't like when people diss goodwill because I like to believe in good. But London shared this about her special and I looked at it on my phone and it didn't have as much sharing activity as I would have thought it should. And this is a time when we talk about Black British talent, and we talk about female talent in comedy, and we say all the right things, and we go, yeah, we want this, and we want it to get better and be more diverse and be more equal and give opportunities to people who've perhaps been neglected in the past. This is here, like she's done it in America, charmed Kevin Hart, got loads of fans over there, We in Britain specifically, and not just comedians, but equally comedians, need to shout as loudly about it as you can. The most annoying thing is when you have something coming out and you get DMs about it from people who have millions of followers or people who could be very influential in sharing your work to a wider or a different audience. I cannot tell you how many private DMs I get like, oh, congratulations on that. looks great. Can't wait to check it out. Or, oh, I saw this. I really loved it. It was wild. It's really funny. I mean, don't tell me. Thank you. But I already know. Go tell someone else. And I try to hype people all the time, all the time. And here's the secret. Most of the time that I do that, I haven't even seen your shit or haven't read your book to the end or haven't finished your series because I'm quite busy, but I don't have to like check it over first to share it with people. I want to amplify your work and I'm not perfect all the time. Of course, I let things slip. If I see one of my peers books in the store or if I see they have a new series or I see something's going on, even if they're bigger than I am, I might have a different audience to them. So I share it. And you can apply this in your own life, in your own school, or in your own industry. Celebrate it in a loud way, not privately. And maybe you didn't like my project and that's why you didn't share it. Uh, Loads of things that I have shared I also think are shit. But I share them anyway. Out of basic joy and respect. It has been bothering me. And my husband talks a lot about virtue signaling. He's like, you know, you know the fights that, and they're not fights, but you know the disagreements that my husband and I have. He'll say, well, the left and their virtue signaling. And I stick up. I said, no one's virtue signal. Being virtuous is a wonderful thing. And when we talk about the things that we believe in, we mean it. And then with this, he went, oh, look. And thanks to you all, I lost that argument. It really diminished my standing in the household. So thanks. And when you see a colleague doing something great, 
be happy for them and share it. I'm so thrilled. And you will see me sharing it again when it comes out December 22nd on Netflix. London Hughes, congratulations, how to catch a dick. Someone who's really good at it is Celeste Barber. She is so supportive and always shares other people's stuff. But I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big fucking deal. Wait, let me just check right now and see if more people have shared it. And maybe I just flew off the handle too soon on account of my lockdown anger issues. Let me see. Mm, I mean, the original tweet I'm talking about has maybe two verified retweets, but then there are further tweets that have been shared loads and loads of, you know, people are sharing it. So that makes me very happy. And I wanted to come on my podcast today and just share it a little bit more. So I'm very, very excited for London Hughes and I can't wait to see the special. And you know, I told you guys I'm on steroids, right? I must have mentioned that. I've been on steroids. <laughs> this is why I'm angry. Why am I so stupid in some ways and then smart in others? Oh, I'm only angry because I'm on steroids because of autoimmune things. I've been trying to figure them out and I had to go on 25 milligrams of prednisone every day, which is too many. And it has a lot of side effects like (laughs) swings and then also makes your face fat. Because I thought you became a massive bodybuilder if you went on steroids. Not true unless you play Premier League Baseball. It just, they're like, oh, if you're a lady and you are sedentary, then what it will do is take the fat. Sort of, you know how Kim, well, you know how some famous families (laughs) um, have all the fat sucked out of their bodies. So they're really, really skinny. And then they put all that fat back in their bums. Steroids sort of like takes fat from places you wanted it, probably like your bum, and puts it in your face. But it's only temporary, and I have to say, my skin has never looked better. So let's get to the emails. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The first letter today is from a lady whose relationship is going too fast. Catherine, I started seeing a guy who's great. He does everything I always said I wanted, and he goes above and beyond what other men or boyfriends have done in the past. Well, it depends on how low you've set the bar in the past, because each one of my boyfriends did slightly more than the last one. But I mean, it took until probably the eighth one before we reached a human level of behavior. He clearly likes me very much, and I certainly like him too. He's not so physically attractive, but I think physical attraction can grow. However, I do find myself struggling with that at the moment, especially since we haven't slept together yet. 
oh, I don't know how old you are, but no, I don't know if physical attraction can grow. I think that you can, I, I hate to be gender specific, but I do think generally in my experience with my girlfriends versus my experience with my guy friends, like they seem to be attracted to looks first. And there is like a testosterone animalistic link to that. And then we generally, not always, look at the bigger picture. But the thing with that is you can see someone as maybe not a romantic partner or not very attractive when they're in the friend zone. But then when you start to fancy them and you do think of them romantically, the magic is you cannot even see that they're unattractive anymore. You can't see it and you think they're attractive. It is a dangerous, dangerous witchery. But if you're not feeling that, you you can't really just wait for it to come, I don't think. All right, let's continue. Aside from that, he just asked me to be exclusive with him after four dates and I said yes. I made it clear that to me, exclusivity and being a full-blown boyfriend-girlfriend relationship are two different things. Still, I now feel that things are moving too fast and I regret saying yes. I think he's at a certain place with me that I'm not at yet and I don't know that I ever will be because after all, it's only been four dates. My gut is telling me just to be honest, but I'm having the feeling of I want out and I think it's stemming from the fact that we're moving too quickly. I don't think I'd be feeling this if we just had our fourth date without the Lex be exclusive conversation. All right, our brains are not very old, intellectual working stuff out intellectual thought is very young compared to our bodies and that gut feeling that you have is thousands of years old and i've been there i have chosen a man based on oh these are the ingredients that i think i'm supposed to have in a partner but at the end of the day you have to tune into that gut and listen to the ick and it really just sounds like you don't like this person romantically and they could be a good person just not right for you you don't fancy him You don't want to sleep with him. And if you do, it will haunt you. Do you know, I have flashbacks of some haunting experiences that I thought, if I just do this, you know, it'll come. And eventually, ugh, don't go there. Just be like, do you know what? I said I wanted to be exclusive. I really respect you. I think you're a great person. But actually, I thought you meant, do I want to be exclusive with myself? You know, that's what your gut says. You said, My feeling is to be honest with him. My gut says be honest with him. And your gut is screaming, I want out. So you want out. This is done. This relationship is toasted. Thank you for your letter. It doesn't make you a bad person. Another relationship one, Catherine. My husband and I separated this year and we have a one-year-old. I'm heartbroken and it's been a massive shock as we had an exciting and fun 14 years together. But sadly, we both changed, I think, too much over the years. He was the brave one and left. I'm still not sure it was me pushing for it, whether he wanted it. Regardless, I think we're doing the right thing as we are better and happier day to day for it. Although... He's just told me he's seeing someone moving on quicker than I have. And he admitted to kissing someone else before he left. That has killed me. I was doing okay as time has passed, but then I found this out two weeks ago. I've told some family and friends, but not all as I'm still not quite ready to face it and the questions. I'm the happy person in the room who likes to spread joy and positivity. And I'm desperate to get to that stage with my ex to not be angry and sad and resentful. I mentioned anger earlier in the podcast. I think we grow up trying to always be smiley and jolly and make things okay and smooth things over. Well, think of all of your emotions like one-year-olds. You have a one-year-old. I'm sure you love and cherish that one-year-old even when 
they're being naughty, when they're being tired, when they're being lovely, all the different phases of your one-year-old need nourishment and need patience and need to be cherished. You are entitled to have different feelings. You could be sad sometimes, you could be really resentful, you could be frustrated, you could be angry, but you only honor and cherish the good emotions that you deem acceptable. What if all of those were your children? You have to give time to the anger as much as you give time to the positivity and joy. And if you just try to bulldoze over it, I mean, this is a shit thing that's happened and it really hurts to be rejected, even if it's sort of what you wanted. And it really hurts to find out that he kissed someone before he left. Although they always do that. And when I say they, I mean me. Because, you know, happy relationships just don't really dissolve. And people are usually very unhappy in the end before the end. So don't take that personally. Give your anger time. You have to let that grief in and ask it what it has to teach you. And you have to walk out into a field sometimes and scream at the sky. Because if you want to get back to your happy emotions, the ones that you feel comfortable with, and I'm very much the same, you've got to work through the bad ones and you have a right. You need to get together with your girlfriends, get together with your family and be fucking mad for a while. Because what would your one-year-old do if you ignored them? They'd get louder and louder and louder and louder. And that's what your anger can do too. Not only that, but your capacity for dealing with anger doesn't evolve and grow the same way that all your other emotions have because you've been a good parent to those emotions. You've let them be nourished. And anger, I bet like me, all your life, you've been like, no, 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 not now, not now. So now something has come into your life that is really making you angry for a good reason. And that emotion makes you uncomfortable because your little anger baby hasn't been played with. So get mad. Getting mad now, privately, not necessarily with him because who cares what he thinks, will help you save yourself future resentment because life didn't turn out the way you wanted it to and you should be mad about that. And then once you work through that, you'll be great the next time something makes you mad. You need to nourish your anger and learn how to deal with it when it comes into your life because it will again, especially when your one-year-old gets to be a teenager. You want to be an expert at anger by then. (laughs) And I promise, I tell everyone going through a split, you're going to have a rocky year. There's just no way to avoid that. There'll be ups and downs. But after that, it's like flipping a switch and there are wonderful things around the corner. I promise. And you seem very committed to co-parenting peacefully and you will do that. And best of all, You have every door open to you now and you're no longer with this kind of meh man that you didn't feel that great about after 14 years anyway. It's going to be fine. The kid's going to be fine. Violet's fine. You're going to be more than fine. This next email is very French, aka uh, très sexuel. I don't know how to say sexual in French. Sexual. Do you know what? I was just too young when I spoke French to learn certain words. My daughter was saying branché the other day. She's like, I'm branché. I was like, the hell is that? It means trendy, which like literally it means plugged in, I guess. Like, but I just didn't learn that. Anyway, I'm just giving you a warning. If you have any children in the room, you should not have this whole time. But now it's getting to be about sex. Catherine, (laughs) I am a 22-year-old American woman. Oh my gosh, Taylor Swift. And I am a teacher's assistant in English at a small high school in France. So fun. So far, I'm loving the job, and French people are so nice. It turns out just the Parisians are assholes, maybe. 
So I'm adapting well. I feel supported by fellow teachers and assistants. I'm overall very happy to be here. I am also somewhat in love. Well, within one to two days of arriving in France, I downloaded a dating app to see what types of men were swimming around in my area, a small city. I'd recently decided to go on a break from my boyfriend of one and a half years in America. It was mutual, but I pushed for it. I kid you not, the first guy I went on a date with was amazing. Let's call him Benoit. Yes, let's. He's tall, skinny, a smoker, ew, and very romantic. Well, obviously. I hit the French boy jackpot. Yeah, he really seems like the kind of guy you would cast in a French romance movie, sure. Smoking is so gross, though. And you kiss him on the mouth? Blech. He's 27, so refreshingly mature and yet vulnerable, too. Since he's recently unemployed, by choice luckily, he, ha he had a lot of spare time to go on dates. And since I work part-time, we have seen a lot of each other. Two weeks into this budding relationship, I officially break up with my boyfriend from America. This break is now a breakup. It's done. He takes it well and tells me he still loves me. I love him too. I'm just not in love with him. Fast forward two weeks later, and Benoit and I have sex for the first time. It's great, truthfully, as he is more experienced than my past and only boyfriend. Then it's the second night. We have sex again. Right as he's about to climax, he grunts, I love you. He's on top. I stare at the ceiling, and I somehow whispered, I think I love you too? My eyes were wide. I didn't climax, and we didn't speak about it. When he left the next day, he kissed me on the cheek and told me he loved me again before he left. Totally normal for him, totally weird for me. Catherine, I was so shocked, and it felt so fast, so I texted him explaining how I felt and how he caught me off guard. He was incredibly understanding and told me he did love me, but that he didn't want to pressure me to say it back. So fucking mature. I took some time. Every moment I spent with him was comfortable and lovely. About two weeks later, I told him I loved him. I'm still surprised by this, but really, I think I do love him. It's definitely in my personality because I'm a monogamous and caring person. I don't date around. And if I find somebody I like, I will take the time and effort to really get to know them. And that is what's happened with Benoit. My question is, I feel too lucky and then it's too good to be true. Perhaps it's lust and not love. I feel it's somehow impossible to fall in love with another person so quickly after my first wonderful boyfriend. My mother somewhat judges me and that she thinks it's too fast. My friends are happy for me, but some of them were definitely caught off guard that this has happened so quickly. What do you think I should do? Am I overreacting? And maybe I'm just in love again. What do you think of this situation? Falling in love with a Tinder date? It's not the first time it's happened in our crazy world, but it certainly again feels too good to be true. I know the French can be romantic but I feel swept off my feet and now a tiny bit dizzy. Margot. Oh my gosh, Margot. You're a great writer. I enjoyed this sexual romance story. It really felt like it would have Fabio on the cover, a beautiful young model in his arms. I don't, I feel bewitched by this French man myself. I don't know. Um, I just hope he's not running around unemployed saying I love you to loads of different women. And I don't mean to stereotype the French, but it, I am to understand that a lot of their businessmen and politicians openly have mistresses and they have a more free love attitude. And that is fine for a lot of people. But you have said that you are very monogamous. Um, any man from any country can be like that. But Benoit, Benoit, he seems very smooth. 
very skinny, and I don't understand why he's unemployed by choice. That gives him a lot of free time on his hands while you are teaching English. You don't mention if you guys have had a chat. Sure, it's possible to fall in love right away. Sure, it's possible that you are in lust and that is clouded and it feels like love, but I mean, if everyone's respecting each other at the end of the day, who cares? If it's lust, it will wear off. If it's love, it will continue. I think for your own safety, this man who says I love you when he climaxes, there's an old Patrice O'Neill bit about how um, R.I.P. Patrice O'Neill is a great comedian, but he talks about how when you fin- climax inside a woman, you love her. They have this biological thing where he he doesn't like to climax in women because when he does that, he's like, oh, he just loves them. And it's like, uh, he says pulling out is like getting out of bed in the cold when you're all nice and warm in your duvet. I don't know. I don't have a dick, Margot. But um, I would talk to him and make sure that he feels the same about monogamy as you do. When Bobby Kay, my current husband, came to the UK after some time apart, I loved him right away. On his first visit, I wasn't sure when I saw him in Canada. And then two weeks later, or maybe a week and a half later, we didn't waste any time. He came to Canada. Like Benoit, he quit his job by choice. <laughs> like Benoit, he smoked. So why am I judging Benoit? And then we spent only a few days together before uh, we just were like, oh no, we are in love and we have to get married. And then the following six months were just about the logistics of getting him here permanently and getting us married. But we definitely had history, but we just, we just knew. And it's been a while now, over a year with no problems. We're older than you though. I'm going on and on. I've really become engrossed in this love story. Margo, you're 22. You're American. You don't want to date the men over there right now because you're not over there right now. You are in France with Benoit. Things are going well. Enjoy your time. Whatever it is, write a book about it when it's done, for better or worse. Maybe have a chat with him to make sure you're not going to be surprised, but enjoy it. I hope you climax next time. Thank you for listening to yet another thrilling episode of Telling Everybody Everything. Coming to you once a week with a lot of cool recommendations, answering your letters, and ranting about something that I have seen in my life. It's amazing that I've seen anything because I am grasping, I'm in the house. How long will this continue? When I go out in the world, I'm going to have some fresh takes. But for now, I am so very glad to have your company. Please look after each other. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program.